You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. I'm Tilde Herrera for Green Biz Radio. There's been a lot of discussion lately about green-collar jobs and the impact they could have on the U.S. economy. So what exactly is a green job, and what do you have to do to get one? Frank Markhart joins Green Biz Radio today to help us try to answer these questions. Frank is the author of the new Green Careers Insider Guide from Wet Feet Publications. Available at wetfeet.com, the guide examines the ever-growing green marketplace and explores the job opportunities within it. Hi, Frank. Welcome to Green Biz Radio. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Well, why don't we start with an overview of your book? You know, the book is targeted, I think, at a pretty, pretty broad audience. It's focused a little more on business opportunities rather than, say, nonprofit or opportunities at the federal and state level, but it does address those, those opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's written for someone who is probably coming out of college, but not necessarily, or coming out of a business school program mm-hmm. and really wants to get oriented uh, around you know, where the opportunities are. You know, you hear the term green all over the place these days, and I think that there's a real interest in doing something more meaningful with our careers, really with our lives. And so, you know, so this book is really designed to help people really get a sense of where those opportunities are, what the different sectors are, you know, how they can take their experience, their skills, their, their passion uh, into a, a line of work that is going to be fulfilling to them personally and, and possibly very lucrative. And what are the typical paths that these people take to a green career? You know, there's all kinds of paths, and mm-hmm. it's really a, almost a, it's, it's dizzying how many opportunities there are. Um, in many ways, I think the, the, the opportunities are kind of nascent. They're starting to bubble up. People are starting to recognize them. So, you know, if you want to go a nonprofit route, you could do things such as advocacy. You can do things such as monitoring the, you know, companies abroad, kind of what they're, how they're treating their workforces. If you want to go into government, there's all kinds of things for people, you know, who want to practice law, look at environmental issues related to law, who are involved in monitoring kind of carbon outputs. I think that's going to be an increasingly large sector. You know, in the world of business, there are you know, kind of traditional and I think fairly kind of well-known opportunities in what's called corporate social responsibility, which is one, you know, one path where you're working in a typically a, a you know Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000 corporation on issues related to the company's footprint or how its operations are affecting the planet, people kind of around the world. But there are all kinds of entrepreneurial opportunities for people who are you know, starting, who want to start a, start a business. You know, there are mail order catalogs, there are restaurants. In San Francisco, there's a great restaurant called Seller's Market that is all, all organic um, ingredients from local vendors. There's, you know, Numi Tea. Uh, we talked to the CEO there for the, for the book, and he, you know, started a company selling tea using fair trade principles for the production. So that's, you know, that's kind of another, you know, another area uh, outside of the, the food sector. You know, you can look at energy, the whole clean tech sector involves reducing energy or materials that go into um, you know, building or producing product. There's the green building sector, there's architecture, is increasingly hiring people with LEED certification or green experience. Really, you can kind of look at the whole of, whole of industry and I think find a path. That sort of begs the question, can any career be a green career? And if so, I mean, what are the limits and what are the boundaries? 
Well, that's a, I mean, that's an interesting question. And I think, you know, sort of raises the question of, you know, what, you know, what exactly is a green career? The definition that I used in the book, you know, it was that a green career is one that involves either reducing environmental impact or promoting environmental restoration. And then I used a second one in which I'm talking about the triple bottom line, a career that affects, you know, in a positive way, kind of you know, what's referred to as people, planet, and profits. So it's producing profit through a positive kind of lasting economic impact as it, it does the least harm by curtailing environmental impact. It treats all the people it touches, you know, through your through your work equitably, you know, so that workers get a fair wage, uh, no one's knowingly exploited, work conditions are safe, hours tolerable. So those are some of the qualities that make up career that mm-hmm. would be considered green. You know, you can have a, a cabinet maker, maybe not something you think of as immediately green, who's using materials that are kind of reclaimed woods, non-toxic uh, solvents to create, you know, great cabinets. You know, you can have a lawyer who is working in the area of law, kind of focused on environmental law. You can have someone in human resources who kind of focused on issues of kind of fairness within the workplace, you know, or is actually working at a company who directly espouses the issues of, of green. So, so in a, in a sense, I mean, my, you know, my, kind of my vision for where the green sector is going is that increasingly we're seeing uh, companies emerging with business models that have explicitly stated uh, goals around the environment. And in that sense, you know, if a company is really pursuing kind of an environmental path, then all the folks in its, in its company are um, aligned behind those values and are working toward achieving them. So in that sense, I think that many, you know, many careers that we may not immediately consider as being green are um, increasingly having a green component and that that is likely to continue over time. During the course of your research for this book, were you able to identify certain themes or certain challenges that job seekers face when searching for a green job? The most salient challenge that job seekers face is really figuring out what it is they want to do, um, and then and then you know starting to identify a list of companies where they can put those skills to work. I think this is always the challenge in a career, but you need to know kind of where your passion is, you know, what it is that you believe, what you want to do before you can identify a career path. Once you've done that, then I think you can start to target organizations and companies in the green sector. And then it's a matter of doing the things that any smart job seeker is going to do, informational interviews, talk to folks through your alumni network, get involved in organizations like Net Impact or local initiatives to green your college campus or green your city to get some experience so that you can start to understand who the players are, where the opportunities are, along the lines of things that you want to be doing. You talked about interest and passion. Beyond interest and passion in environmental issues or sustainability issues, what skills and experience are companies looking for? That's a good question. I think in many cases it's evolving pretty rapidly and it's likely to continue to evolve. In many cases, people uh, with the skills to go into a, a kind of a green role, say as a sustainability director in an airline or a, a consumer products company, those roles are are not necessarily fully codified yet. So companies are, I don't think, always sure you know what they're looking for. You know, they tend to revert to kind of what they're used to doing when they're hiring, looking for someone with a lot of experience. The problem is not a lot of people have a lot of experience. Um, increasingly, I think you're seeing MBA programs offering. Uh, courses, and in some cases there are MBA programs that are dedicated exclusively toward a sustainable development uh, experience path. I'm speaking specifically of Presidio College, and there's a college um, in Washington, Bainbridge, and uh, Dominican College has a green MBA program, you know, all of which are, are integrating 
the ideas of sustainability into a traditional uh, MBA curriculum. And then in addition, you have places like Berkeley, Stanford, you know, all the major business, the top 25 business schools that, are, that have teachers that are focused on these issues trying to um, um, kind of offer a, a dimension around how sustainability operates in business. So there's a process in place now where I think I think increasingly people who are following a business route who are interested in these, in these issues and, and helping green organizations or, or create their own green organization are finding they're able to get those skills through business school curriculum. Companies themselves, to a certain degree, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who, who's going to fit here. In many cases, I think the folks who go into uh, a green career path at a company are those who um, express an interest and who have done some work outside the organization or volunteered for opportunities within the organization. So they're starting to, to, to develop an expertise through on-the-job work um, trying to answer questions such as, what do we need to do to our products so that we're addressing sustainability issues? So, you know, it's a, a product company so that we can continue to sell into Walmart, which has a sustainability uh, scorecard that it's using to kind of vet its, its vendors now. Um, so, you know, you can get some hands-on experience in the organization you're in by just raising your hand and trying to get involved um, or else, you know, in the community, uh, volunteering for organizations, going to events like Green Drinks, talking to people, networking, you know, building, building your knowledge. A lot of this is, is kind of coming up from the ground right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a set of certifications that is likely to, to change over time. In some cases, like in the building sector, there is a LEED certification, and that's something that a lot of um, architecture firms, for instance, in San Francisco folks that I talked to here, they're, they're, they're wanting their architects to get LEED certification because they recognize that green building is going to be an increasingly uh, large aspect of their uh, portfolio of work. Frank, do you need to be an environmentalist to do an environmental job? No, you don't. You know, I think there's a lot of motivations for getting involved in a career related to sustainability. You know, in many cases, people are entering this this sector because they recognize there's a huge opportunity. Uh, You know, the whole world of clean tech products and services that are designed to, to reduce, you know, better monitor energy use, for example. There are all kinds of startups in that sector. Many analysts think that the next Google will emerge from that sector, you know, largely because the costs of energy continue to rise. So if mm-hmm. you can come up with a solution to, you know, reduce those costs, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a huge win. Vinod Kosla, a uh, venture capitalist who used to work with Kleiner Perkins, I believe, you know, he has, you know, been investing millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in startups in, for instance, the biofuel sector. So there's, there's a lot of money going into that sector right now. And I don't think, you know, a lot of those people... They may be working on an, envi- on an issue that's going to help protect the environment, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they're all necessarily environmentalists. The things that I hear, that you know, a lot of them just recognize this is a great business opportunity. Where do companies look for green employees? You know, I think the first place that companies may are may look are internally. Okay. Who inside the company is really showing a passion for you know, for issues related to green? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a natural place to look because you have a relationship with that person. You know what they can do. And, you know, you want to keep your employees excited about what they're doing. So that's, that's one kind of obvious place. And I think, I, mean, I think there's one opportunity for, for people who want to green their career to really think about how they can contribute internally to the organization they're in, how they may be able to, over time, shift their jobs so they've got a real green focus on what they're doing. To get known, to get known as the green advocate, you know, many people who come into green roles at businesses have MBAs from good schools and a track record working on 
issues related to the environment. So they maybe come from a nonprofit background, working for an organization like the National Resource Defense Council, where they're actually doing something that is giving them an expertise that can then be used within the organization. You know, or maybe working for Transfair on issues related to fair trade coffee. You know, so those those experiences provide a good subject experience and introduction to a lot of issues that I think can be really relevant to a company. You know, in some cases, I think, you know, they just look for people who have a background and a track record of doing things that show a commitment and a passion toward environmental issues. Maybe they've taken some classes in school or they've been volunteering on a cap campus greening initiative or they've gotten involved in some local programs related to creating a more sustainable city or hosting a, a, a green expo type event. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those types of experiences, I think, you know, reflect an interest and a, a commitment really to, to learning, you know, about the topic that, that is going to be attractive to a higher uh, employer. You talked about looking internally at existing employees who maybe have a passion or a commitment to green issues. Say, if I work for a company that has no experience with environment or with sustainability or my position has no experience with the environment or sustainability, how do I go about getting permission to take on these issues or incorporating them into my job description? What are some easy wins that would allow me to do more? Well, the first thing, you know, maybe to raise your hand and say, I'd like to uh, head up an office greening initiative. So, you know, bring together a group of, of people internally and assess where the opportunities are. What are the quick hits to address some of the opportunities internally to create a more environmentally sound organization? Mm-hmm. That might be, uh, you know, that might involve looking at your paper policy. Uh, you know, how much paper is being wasted? What type of paper are you using? Um, you know, it might be looking at energy use. You know, are people turning off their computers at the end of the day? Are there some easy programs we can put in to reduce the amount of energy we're using? It might look at your purchasing program. Who are our vendors and suppliers? What are they doing? How can we shift to a, a set of suppliers that are going to be greener? Now, say I want to position myself five to ten years from now. What do I want to be doing, studying, or thinking about now to prepare for those green jobs of the future? What are the green jobs of the future? Well, that's that's an interesting question. You know, it's, it's almost a... You start to get into science fiction. I mean, I think that the green jobs of the future, a lot of them relate to how do we reduce waste? How do we reduce energy? How do we do things without fossil fuels? Mm-hmm. How do we do things without emitting toxic toxic emissions into the air, you know, into the earth? So, you know, in many respects, I think that's those are kind of some of the key opportunities, and those are the those are the products that a lot of companies are, are working on now. People are thinking about now. So, in terms of positioning yourself for that, you, you know, again, it kind of depends on where you want to be, where you want to be, mm-hmm. what you want to what you want to do. You know, do you want to be on the technical in developing these products and services, um, really thinking through the science of them. You know, do you want to be on the marketing side, you know, helping promote them, getting them out there into the public consciousness? You know, do you want to be uh, you know, in a different role? You know, do you want to be covering them, you know, a journalist perhaps? So there's lots of different avenues for you to kind of you know, go. You know, to position yourself for that role now, it's, think, it's, it's looking at you know, where do you want to be and then working back, what are the skills to get there? So, you know, if you want to be a CEO of a company or, or have a startup, 
you, you'd probably be advised to get an MBA or get a lot of experience at startups now. Start start trying to find some jobs at, at startups. Get involved in networking groups that are that are going to bring together uh, CEOs and other entrepreneurs. You know, if you want to roll on the science side and the kind of technical side, and you're in school, you probably want to spend a lot of time in engineering classes, science classes. See if you can get into a program that has a good green chemistry teacher, someone who's looking at how to do things uh, without using toxic materials. Going back to an earlier question, what advice would you give to employers in terms of what should companies be doing to attract the best talent in this area? I think the first thing is to have a legitimate commitment to greening your operations. So if a company isn't truly committed, if it's just giving lip service, then it's going to be less attractive to a candidate. You know, a candidate wants to come in and really make a difference, wants to feel like they have a role and a say and an opportunity to create change. So companies have to be willing to go through that change, to accept it, to uh, understand why it could help them compete. Speaking about the book, you profile several people who are in the area. Are there any in particular sort of illustrate what is happening right now in the green marketplace? I wanted to get a diversity of people in the book. I wanted to get people from different roles, different levels, different backgrounds. So that was that was kind of the criteria I used. And then second, you know, drawing my networks and then who was available to talk to me. So, you know, several people from the San Francisco Bay Area, you know, one person, um, uh, Toshio, who works at Ideal Byte, you know, is someone who came to his work through a nonprofit after college. So, he, you know, he doesn't have an MBA. He's doing work that he's interested in, he feels passionate about. So it's kind of a nice little story there for someone who's coming out of college, you know, what are some roots in? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I talked to, you know, some other folks. Uh, I talked to the CEO of NUMI Tea. You know, that that was a case of someone who started a business that is just a really interesting business. It's been growing fast. It has incredible incredible values up and down the organization, the way that they work with their suppliers, the way they work with their, their employees. And I just think that's a really interesting story. So I thought that would be very valuable for people to, to, to get a look inside a company that really is, has a deep experience in this. I talked to the, essentially, the person who kind of directs the corporate social responsibility programs at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a case of someone who uh, has an MBA, has been in business for a while, is in a very prominent role at a Fortune 500 company that's very well known and is doing some incredible work. I was really passionate about it, and I wanted to kind of give that perspective from the, you know, for someone who's uh, at the top of a huge organization. You know, and then I talked to some, some smaller entrepreneurs, um, uh, a woman in Portland, Oregon, who has a, a fair trade jewelry company. She actually used to be a consultant uh, on fair trade, and I think still does that a little bit. Um, but she has a very small company. It's kind of a, you know, very much a startup. It's a really neat product, really neat story behind the product. She gets her materials from women collectives in countries in in Asia and uh, I believe Mexico or South America. She sources her materials from groups such as one in Afghanistan that trains women whose husbands have often been lost in in war, gives them a a skill that they can then put to use and make a fair wage living at, um, and then takes those products and designs jewelry that is going to be attractive to a North American market. It's a a beautiful business model and, and really beautiful products you know so the goal there was really to show how many how just all the interesting things that people are doing Mm -hmm. what are the opportunities to give a flavor for where someone might fit and hopefully open the reader's mind as to what's possible for them that there aren't 
any really prescribed path here. You can take this in many different directions. Great. One of the things that I thought that was interesting that came out of the interviews as well is is the way that the whole market for green careers has been shifting. You know, in many ways, I think five or ten years ago, some of the folks who have gotten involved entrepreneurially, that was their only option. There weren't jobs being offered at companies. There weren't sustainability director roles defined. So what they had to do is they had to start their own business, figure out how do we add value here. Over the last three or four years, that's changed a little bit. And now people coming out of school can find jobs. There are sufficient number of startups, a sufficient number of companies committed to moving towards sustainable principles. You know, every day you get a new Fortune 500 company that makes an announcement about trying to reduce its carbon footprint or alternative energy program that they're, they're thinking about. And that's very exciting, and those all reflect new opportunities at those companies. But, you know, for a long time, there wasn't this range of, of opportunities. People had to kind of figure it out and start things on their own. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.